Hello everyone, welcome to Radically Loved Radio. I wanted to create a place where people can go to to get inspired, get motivated, or find some clarity and get tools to create a radically loved life. I will do my best to provide information on a variety of subjects, including yoga, holistic health, life coaching, spirituality, meditation, and overall mindful living. Each episode will bring you some of the world's best spiritual leaders, entrepreneurs, yoga teachers, coaches, along with some of my closest friends, and we will talk about their life experiences and journeys to create something more out of their lives and how they continue to grow to make that happen. Thanks for listening. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Radically Loved Radio. I am so excited for today's guest. Chandresh Bardwaj is a spiritual advisor, author, and speaker. He's based in Los Angeles. He travels the world and holds guidance sessions throughout Europe, Asia, and the Americas. He hails from seven generations of Indian spiritual healers, and his experiences lend to teaching his philosophy, which combines ancient wisdom with a modern approach to spirituality. Chandrash is a disciple of his father, His Holiness Sri Chamunda Swami, who is a universally recognized authority in spirituality. His grandfather gave him his name, which fittingly means Master of Consciousness. Today, we're going to talk about his book, Break the Norms, that's a national bestseller, and just a little bit about what got him to where he is now. And I can't be grateful enough to have spent some time with him. He is an incredible teacher and he has shared so much of his philosophy and insight with me. And I can't wait for you all to get to know him more and to read his book. Here you go. Your presence here. So when I got to you know know about you, I was like, wow, you know, I, how come I missed this person? And <laughs> when I got to know we are you know, talking on Thursday, I was really happy because I did not know. I was just following you. And I know you were following me back, and I, I did not know why we were doing that. <laughs> I, I just got to know about that a few days ago. It was so just, was we can just thank the universe for that. <laughs> exactly. And, and, and the world of social media. Oh, absolutely. I always, I'm so grateful for social media. You know, it connected me with so many good people. You are one of them now, so you know it's, it's wonderful. Oh, I'm so excited! Well, let's let's talk about you because I really want my audience to get to know you and to just hear a little bit about what you've got going on and and your teachings and and your book. That's a, a, an incredible book called Break the Norms. It's a bestseller, and I'm so excited to to share that you know with with my audience, with my students, and with everyone in my life. So. Uh, the first question I want to ask you, well, actually, tell us a little bit about yourself. Where are you from? So I'm from India. Uh, you know, I was born in a family of spiritual teachers. Uh, I was born in a very small town of North India. Uh, I grew up in India, I went to school in India. And uh, although, you know, I did my schooling in India, but I never honestly had interest in formal schooling. I was obsessed with spirituality i was obsessed with knowing more about meditation and i think one of the reasons was because i was surrounded by you know uh, meditation teachers spiritual teachers all the time my father is my teacher and my father's teacher was grandpa and it goes back to seven eight generations 
uh, I'm the seventh generation teacher now. I did not know I'll become the seventh generation teacher, but you know that's the role uh, that I truly feel universe has given me. I did not, you know, plan this. This just happened. And now you're taking these teachings to the entire world. <laughs> I tr- I try to, you know, when I uh, so I was always pulled toward this direction. I, you know, uh, I went to New York City, uh, you know, for my college. Uh, I'm double major in finance and accounting, but I was constantly pulled toward writing, toward speaking, toward, you know, talking about these things. And I, I couldn't make any sense out of it. And my father is a person who doesn't force me. He never forced me before. He doesn't force me now to do, you know, what I want to do. He's always there to guide me. Mm-hmm. But he, you know, he's a big believer in giving me the freedom to you know, experience failure and success on my own. And um, I just, you know, that, that direction constantly pulled me. And uh, one day I realized I'm teaching meditation. I'm helping people to discover their potential, to, you know, heal their emotions. And, uh, yeah, then I started traveling. I started getting calls from different countries, different people. And I just started following my intuition, my, you know, inner guidance, I guess. And yeah. Yeah. And what that's I mean, that's, that's a big change from going to accounting and finance to becoming a spiritual Absolutely. leader. <laughs> so, Absolutely. so what do you remember the moment where you decided or, or you felt the calling? I mean, coming from seven generations of uh, Indian spiritual healers, I mean, it, it almost seems like it, it just would seem natural to you. But obviously, you went a little bit of a different route initially. So can you tell us about that? Yeah. So when I was, you know, uh, in India as a little kid, I was always inclined towards spirituality. Uh, but I did not know I can do this as a profession. Uh, so I was constantly doing other stuff by learning spirituality. And uh, there was no one single moment that, you know, where I would say that, yes, that changed everything. But I think after I got into New York, I joined my you know job in Wall Street. Uh, there were tiny moments every day when I used to ask myself why I'm doing this job. I'm not happy here. Uh, the only good part was money. Uh, you know about Wall Street job. I was making good money. I was investing in stock market, and uh, but I was not happy. I wasn't fulfilled. And mm-hmm. I used to constantly ask myself why I'm doing it. And these tiny moments eventually became big. You know, they piled up. I wasn't answering this question. And I remember I was, you know, going to apply for MBA. And uh, that looked like a big commitment to me, you know, from uh, time point of view, money point of view. And I realized this is going to be big. I can't take a U-turn if I do MBA because that's big investment. Then I'll be doing a job to repay my loans or to just you know, go through that process that, you know, I invested so much money and time in MBA. So I have to do a job in Wall Street for another five or 10 years. And that cycle may never end. So I have to make a decision to go further or stop here and finally pursue my passion. Uh, So I was 22, I think. Yeah, I was 22 when I decided not to study any further. I I was done with my graduation, uh, but I decided not to do MBA. And instead, uh, you know, join my father's organization, assist him, assist his organization, and, you know, kind of learn practical ways uh, 
to use my spiritual training. And uh, that's when I decided. It's been eight years now. I turned 30, you know, last month. Well, happy birthday. Happy so, belated birthday. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us a little bit about the lineage that you come from. So I know that it's uh, you come from uh, Tantra. Is that correct? Right. And so, right, right. yeah, so Tantra is not what the Western world thinks it is. So, how do you define Tantra? Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> I, I'm sorry, I define Tantra as a science of self realization. Tantra literally means technique, and it means technique of self realization. And I, you know, I grew up among Tantra teachers. My father is a Tantra teacher, and, and I have to tell you, you know, something really interesting that happened, you know, when I moved from India to U.S., I would share with people, uh, you know, in college and just the people I meet every day that I'm a student of Tantra, and they would start to look at me as if I said something forbidden, <laughs> that as if it, tantra, tantra is a word not to be said out loud. And I, I remember I went home, I Googled, I, you know, looked up on Amazon and Everything that was coming was just soft porn. There was no spiritual stuff. <laughs> it was all, you know, a playboyish kind of book, uh, soft porn DVDs. And I realized what was happening. And I called my father. I said, Dad, did you train me to be a sex therapist? You know, if, if that's the case, you know, we can talk about it. And he said, no. You know, in Indian tradition, you know, kids don't talk about S-word openly. You know, it's, it's very... No, it's kind of conservative there. You know, we don't discuss sex openly. And when I mentioned that, he said, no, that's not the case. Uh, and then we talked about it, why the Western world is obsessed with just the, you know, sex part of Tantra. Right. So here's the, here's the thing, Rosie. You know, Tantra means technique of self-realization. And as a human consciousness, you know, we experience uh, sexual desires, anger, ego, greed, attachment, uh, you know, all these emotions. And Tantra says, none of these emotions are your enemies. None of these elements are against you. You know, they are within you to help you, to sail you through this journey. And you got to tap into it. You got to use these elements to experience your higher consciousness. And Tantra gives you practical ways to meditate. I mean, there's one scripture of Tantra, one thought, you know, uh, one school of Tantra where they teach you 112 meditation practices. And each technique deals with your element. You know, it could be sexual energy, it could be anger, ego, greed, whatever. But everything that you and me go through as a human being, Tantra deals with with all. Tantra doesn't teach you to escape a certain part of human life and label it as brutality. You know, it says live everything that you are dealing with, but add meditation with it, add awareness with it. Indulge in things but with awareness, because when there's awareness, the indulgence doesn't go wrong. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've been studying Tantra for uh, the last four or five years with, with my teacher, Yoga Rupa Rod wow. Stryker. Yeah, um, he mm-hmm. studies with uh, Pandaji uh, Rajmani Tiganayat. So I've mm-hmm. been fully, you know, I- immersed in these teachings and, and these practices, Um and, and I agree with you. I think that for the most part, you know, I, I love to, to hear leaders like you speak about Tantra in that way because it, it makes it more accessible and it makes it, it, it breaks it down in a, in a, 
in a way that people can understand it and aren't afraid of it or don't think that it's just about sex, you know, because ultimately, mm-hmm. I mean, when I, I talk to students or I talk to, you know, people, that's the number one thing, right? That's the first thing that people think mm-hmm. it is, you know? So yeah, I, I think it's, it's, it's a, a beautiful practice and, and a beautiful, uh, teaching, you know, a beautiful scripture. Yeah. So, yeah. um, what, what issues do your students reach out to you for the most I think a couple of issues uh, relate to relationships, mm-hmm. stress, anxiety. I think these three have to be the most frequent occurring issues. Relationships, anxiety, and just stress of day-to-day life. You know, there's a lot going on in everybody's head, and they can't process it. Um, and I feel these three things come up a lot. Yeah, I think that that's a it's it's such a huge especially now in in the current state of our of our culture or just you know our the current state socially, you know, I think that that's that those are really big big issues. Um you know, one of the thing that I one of the things that I find in uh working in the health and wellness industry, you know, as as a yoga teacher is is stress, right? So like this is the number one cause of of everyone's tension and everyone's illnesses is stress. So what are what are some ways that we can begin to break the patterns that set us into this this place of tension or or stress? Mm-hmm. So uh, I feel stress is a symptom of what's happening within you. You know, stress is telling you something is wrong within you. Mm-hmm. Uh, so instead of you know, a lot of people escape the stress by, you know, maybe working out, maybe going for a movie, going for a party, but that's a temporary escape. You know, when you stop working out or when you stop watching that movie or when you come back from that party, uh, the stress, you know, again shows up because it's not gone. The symptom is still, you know, the, that's a symptom. The root cause is still there. The root problem is still there. So you got to deal with it, you know, from deeper within you and, Number one thing has to be acceptance, you know, self-acceptance, acceptance of yourself as who you are, you know, accept your emotions, accept your demons, your flaws, and be all right with it. I feel in, in this first stage, either you can be brave enough to just write down your own flaws and your own challenges mm-hmm. and be, be all right with it. If you have a friend, if you have a guide, a teacher who can, you know, walk you through it, that helps. Because most of us don't want to deal with our darkness. We don't want to deal with, uh, you know, that suppressed emotion, that suppressed part of ourselves. Uh, so I help people, uh, you know, by first of all, I have to walk them through, uh, through what's, you know, what they have been suppressing all through these years. What is it that they don't want to talk about? Uh, that gives them a lot of stress. You know, they have certain ideas about. Uh, becoming something and that idea is given to them by parents society friends religion media you know it comes from all places Mm -hmm. they got to accept that they cannot become something or someone Uh, they just have to be who they are you know if I have to be a spiritual teacher I can be a spiritual teacher who's like me I cannot be a spiritual teacher who looks like some national bestseller, you know, <laughs> uh, I have to be me, right? I, yeah. Because it has happened with me, you know, we both live in LA. Right. And you can imagine 
you know, people here try to make you a version of someone else, right? Right, exactly, and, yeah. And uh, I remember, you know, people would tell me, you're a spiritual teacher, you have to, uh, you know, talk like that person, dress up like other person and do it, walk like this person, because then you'll be looked upon as a spiritual teacher who's, you know, this bestseller author and stuff. And I said, I think I'm going to lose my mind. <laughs> I, I need to therapy myself. You know, I, I realize I'll need a therapy myself if I start to follow these guidelines. <laughs> we have to be ourselves. Uh, yeah. And I think stress comes from that place when you don't accept who you are. Oh, that's so, that's so right. And it, it's so true because, I mean, it happens in, in every in every uh, area, you know, every it's every area of life. Yeah, every area. So, you know, it's like if you if you don't embody that that who you are, if you don't mm-hmm. just fully accept that, then I think that that's one of mm-hmm. the biggest causes of that that stress. Exactly. You know, I have to tell you something. You know, before this interview, I was on your Instagram, and I was you know just looking at your pictures. You were in your <laughs> element, and. Now it makes sense. You are a tantra student. You know, you're a tantra <laughs> teacher. It makes complete sense because you are. I mean, look at this laughter. You know, this this, is, this doesn't happen to everyone. <laughs> you know. I well, I got a little nervous just I, now when you said that. I was like, uh oh, <laughs> uh oh. You know, I know. I admire you for being who you are. You are you, and I think that's that's your strength. Mm. And that's why I, I connect with you. That's why I admire you. Mm. And the more you become you, Rosie, uh, the less stress you'll have, right? I mean, we all know that. Yeah. Yeah. And they... my job with people is simply to help them realize, just relax. You know, don't try to you know run left and right. Just stay in this present moment and accept your emotions, accept your challenges. You have a story. You are not your story. You have a thought. You are not your thought. So just, you know, play that separation, play your role, don't become your role. So do you think that that's the number one reason that that keeps people from achieving their dreams is that? In my experience, uh, yes, that's one of the number one reasons uh, people are not accepting uh, their their own individuality. I know a lot of people, Rosie, who may, you know, become successful in, in, in their, you know, uh, in their life, in what they're doing, but they keep following a certain model, a certain uh, idol in their head, and they try to become a mimicry of that person. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You know, they're just trying to be a version of that person or that that brand, mm-hmm. and that's why they lose their own fragrance. They lose their own strength. And I keep reminding people, you have to get yourself you know, out of your way. You have to allow your energy to flow itself the way it wants to flow. What are some ways that you know, somebody can do that? You know, the number one way is to be comfortable with your stillness, be comfortable with your strengths, and be comfortable with your weaknesses. Uh, the idea that you don't have a weakness, uh, that's you know, a wrong idea. And uh, if, I, if I seek uh, spiritual you know, wisdom into it, uh, the navel chakra, the navel center, that's where our self-doubt lives. That's where uh, our self-esteem, our fears, our anxiety, and also our confidence, our creativity lives. So I help people. I you know, share with them. I encourage them to meditate on their navel chakra as much as they can. Uh, and that simply means you know, keeping your fingers 
around the navel center, inhaling the breath, holding it, and gently exhaling it out, and you know, repeating it consciously, inhaling, holding, exhaling. Just by doing this for a good few minutes, you know, relaxes you. It, you know, brings you in the present moment. And then I make them ask one question, who am I? And when you ask yourself, who am I? Don't worry about finding the perfect answer because obviously there is no perfect answer. But keep asking yourself, who am I? And witness all the responses of your mind. The mind will tell you, Tons of things, but your task is not to accept any answer, but simply be a watcher, simply be a witness to all the answers. Does that make sense so far? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, <Yes>. yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so and there's a mantra in Sanskrit, it's, it says neti neti, means not this, not this. So if I ask myself, who am I? And my mind says, you are depressed person i have to say neti neti no not this not this and if it says you are a divine being filled with unconditional love i'll have to reject that also it neti neti means reject every thought that your mind throws at you if you start accepting the positive ones then you cannot escape the negative ones either because mm. then there's a fight between negative and positive when you reject the responses of mind you have to reject every response you cannot be selective. And once you reject all the answers of mind, then mind shuts down and it goes empty. And that's when your consciousness starts to talk. And when consciousness talks, it talks wisdom. It talks business. It tells you what you're supposed to do. And I've experienced it, Rosie, tons of times. I mean, you know, I ask myself, who am I when I'm going through my own challenges? And Mind will tell me tons of answers. I keep rejecting, I keep watching, I keep rejecting. And then suddenly mind goes silent. And then the awareness, the intuition, it starts to tell me the right guidance. Uh, it, it works out eventually. But you have to you know, take the right step. You have to be willing to listen to the truth. Hmm. Mm, I love that. I love that so much because it's, it's so true. And And... You know, even studying this, I mean, even for the people that have never practiced meditation or practiced yoga, I mean, those are questions that I think are important to ask. I mean, these are important questions mm-hmm. to ask ourselves constantly, not just when you're struggling, right? It's just, it's mm-hmm. to, to be constantly present of who and what you are at every moment. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think that's, that's beautiful. Um, thank you for sharing that. Uh, can we talk a little Not bit about problem. break the norms? Because absolutely, <laughs> because I think it's an incredible <laughs> book, and I think that every single person I love your should. I'm just going to walk around and tell absolutely. everyone, please get break the norms, and then I'm going to start laughing. <laughs> you Thank will, you. <laughs> you will get a fun laugh out of it. Um, let's. Uh, can you can you please tell our audience? Uh, who wrote the foreword for your book? <laughs> okay. So, uh, His Holiness, the Dalai Lama, he wrote the foreword. And I'm forever, you know, grateful to him. Not just this lifetime, probably every lifetime. I mean, okay, but just, just, in, just in case everyone didn't hear that, His Holiness, the Dalai Lama, wrote the foreword for this book. 
<laughs> you know, it, it's been such a great blessing for the book. I, oh. I I couldn't process it. You know, when I got the forward in my hand, I mean, when I got the news, I was happy. I couldn't process it. Uh, but I was like, you know, let me receive it in the hand. Mm-hmm. And it was a long process, you know, from his, you know, office in that small town of Dharamshala, India. It went to New Delhi, from New Delhi. It reached New York, from New York. I got it in L.A. And when I held that, you know, page in my hand, you know, it was, you know, uh, on his office stationery with a stamp on it. Oh. I couldn't process it. Uh, I constantly asked myself what I must have done in this lifetime or past lifetime to have such a blessing on my first book. Uh, it changed everything about the book. It changed the way I look at my own book, you know, because his, you know, his uh, blessing, the, the th- things he wrote, uh, that that's very special for me. I'm forever grateful to him. Mm. Wow. And yeah, and then Deepak Chopra added more light and shine on it by you know endorsing the book. I mean these two. I mean these these are the bosses of spirituality, right? right? Yeah. <laughs> so when they both blessed the book, uh, I you know literally told myself that I have to. I I promise to work hard. And you know, live up to their expectations because you know they both have trusted me you know, with with such a you know big responsibility. And I'm grateful uh, to both of them. And that's a big reminder for me, not just today or tomorrow, but I think for rest of the life, that my first book was blessed by these two amazing people. Wow, that's it's so that's so incredible. I mean, I feel so honored to just even speak about it <laughs> and have you on here. It's, it's yeah. I, is, I know what you feel. Yeah, this is so so incredible. So tell us a little bit about what inspired your first book. So the idea of Break the Norms was within me uh, for a long time. You know, I grew up uh, in India. It's filled with diverse religions and people blindly believe religion. I grew up in a spiritual environment. So I was constantly picking up the things, the questions, the challenges of seekers around me. And I thought maybe these challenges are in India, you know, in only in Eastern traditions. But when I moved from India to New York, I, I saw people have same challenges. They just have different way to express it, different labels for it. Uh, so I was constantly making notes about what's, you know, giving trouble to people, what's blocking their success. And I realized that the number one problem is people are not comfortable breaking their condition pattern. They are blindly accepting the old, dead traditions of relationships, love, sex, death, ego, God, and you know they are not questioning it, and that's why you know they are in that limited pattern. That's why they live in this box. And if someone can dare to question these, you know, condition pattern, if someone can truly revolutionize how sex, God, ego death is looked upon, I think we can change everything. And these little ideas formed the book. It, it This book definitely wasn't planned in a few months. It was years that mm-hmm. I was just writing notes for fun, for my own curiosity. And I did not plan to write the book, obviously, when I started scribbling the, the notes. I just thought I'm doing it for my own curiosity. Uh, but the book uh, really started happening a few years back when I thought I have enough material and it has changed my life. I think it's time to share that with the world because I was 
already writing articles for newspapers, for magazines, for different blog sites, and it all got great response. So that motivated me to you know really plan the book. Uh, and when you know when I got the the book deal, uh, I finished the book in few months because it was boiling up in me. Mm-hmm. I really had to you know bring it out. So and ha- so, how long so was the process? How long was the process from from when you started to the final product? It it it, la- it came out in January, correct? Mm-hmm. January. It came out this January. Yeah. I mean, I finished the book. Uh, I think in six months. Um, it 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 wasn't. It was very effortless the way it was coming out, uh, because these were the things I was talking for years and years. I was learning for years and years, and I was just so happy to finally put that you know in a book to finally uh, structure it organize it so i was done in 6 months you know then, then the publishing process takes place you know they edit it they take your you know suggestions on different things so overall it took a little more than 1 year uh, but i was as a writer i was done in 6 months wow and what was it like when you got the finished product in your hand that was, you know, beautiful. I mean, when I got the product in hand, it felt I literally as if I delivered a baby. You know, <laughs> that, that kind of happiness. <laughs> I, I I felt how a parent would feel. I think that day, uh, and I still remember, you know, when uh, the book was, you know, when I got the book, I was super happy, very grateful. And few weeks later, you know, uh, it was going to be launched uh, in public. It was going to be released, and I, you know told someone that I'm feeling as if I've raised a daughter and now she's, you know, going to her place. You right. know, she's going to leave me. I mean, I felt so emotional uh, about the whole process. I was, I think, very invested in this book. I was emotionally too involved in this process. And uh, I may or may not be that emotionally involved with the other uh, projects. I'm not sure yet. But this one definitely uh, had my emotional energy, all my attention, uh, because I think that's who I am in heart. If I'm not feeling passionate or excited about something, I just don't do it. I cannot do it. Uh, so break the norms, you know, really extracted that fire, that energy in me. Mm. Oh, it's so great. I can't wait for everyone listening to pick it up and read it and send us some feedback and let us know how this book is changing your life because it will. Can you, can you talk to us a little bit about why, um, I, I've, uh, heard a couple of your, um, lectures. You've got a couple on YouTube. Uh, you also have a YouTube channel. Um, why is it, why do you think intention is so important? I think intention is important because, uh, Let's let's take example of driving. You know, if you want to drive somewhere, mm-hmm. and if there's no final destination on it, you'll keep on driving. You'll keep on using the fuel, your time, money, energy, but you're not reaching anywhere because there's no address in the navigation. But the moment you put the address, you have a specific destination where to land, right? So intention works in the same way. In Eastern traditions, we call it sankalpa. Mm-hmm. Sankalpa means intention of your soul. It's not just a goal. It's much deeper than that. It's where your soul is destined to be. And without intention, your actions, your meditation, your day-to-day life has no meaning. You have to have certain intention behind everything you do. 
you know, in uh, in corporate world, they may call it mission statement. What's the mission of this business? And in spirituality, you know, you know, we call it intention. Your meditation has to have one intention where exactly your energies are moving. Because when you're clear about where you want to reach, then universe, divinity, it all you know, surrounds you. It protects you to reach to that intention, to manifest that intention. The trouble is a lot of people don't have that intention. And I always mention in relationships, people have intention only up to a certain point, And then they have no clue what's going to happen and what they're supposed to do. You know, maybe the intention is to get married. After they get married, they don't know what to do. So they enjoy the honeymoon for a while. Then maybe they have kids. But, you know, then the boredom starts to happen because they just don't know what to do. There was no intention to begin with. Mm -hmm. So you have to have intention in day-to-day life, in your relationships, in spirituality. Everything you do has to be backed by a specific, clear, positive intention. Mm. Thank you. Thank you for that. Um, I just have a couple more questions and I don't want to take up too much of your time because I have a feeling we can probably stay on for a long while because I want to ask you like a million other questions. So we'll just have to break it up into part two. Um, Do you have, just before I ask you the last final questions, do you have any events or any retreats coming up where some of the listeners can come watch you live or or, uh, come study with you? Sure. So there's a couple of things. I mean, I do Facebook live videos every week. So anyone can participate in those videos from anywhere. Uh, Secondly, I have my meditation app and my online course uh, launching anytime this month the meditation app uh, is about you know it's it got my meditation cracks you can meditate with me wherever you are the online course focuses on uh, meditation anxiety and all those things that can help you find peace that course will be launched end of this month hopefully and uh, i have two retreats coming up next year uh, to india and to bali <sighs> Yes. And to those who are joining from your group, anyone who's listening to this podcast, uh, they will get a scholarship just because they're listening to Wonderful Rosie. Oh, look at that. That's so <laughs> exciting. Yay. Uh, I might actually take that scholarship. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> like, Actually, I'm taking. <laughs> that's No, that's really exciting. And I will uh, be linking all of Chandrash's uh, information on the notes for the podcast through my website. So I will, and also on YouTube because all of um, Radically Love Radio interviews are now on YouTube. So for people that don't have Mm, iTunes or SoundCloud, they can just watch podcast interviews on YouTube so they can subscribe to the channel. Um, And we will soon be having videos. So we'll be doing one-on-one. And so Chandresh already agreed that he's going to come back on. So you guys can watch us together and just laugh for an hour. Um, (laughs) So I will be sure to link all that up. So I'm, I'm really excited and, um, I want to thank you so much for for doing this and for just honoring me and and us with your presence and your teachings. Um, Just two more things. I have a a question from one of my uh, students. So I have a little focus group where the this focus group of students that listen to the podcast and they know ahead of time who's coming on, and so they 
you know, we'll suggest certain questions to ask uh, my guests. So one of the questions that uh, one of my students um, wanted me to ask you was, uh, what sort of advice can you give to someone who's uh, stressed out about money? Is there a certain type of meditation that she can do? Mm. Okay, that's a very interesting uh, aspect. You know, I, I'm actually planning to write a book on it, not the second or third book, but probably fourth or fifth. <laughs> money is such an important part of, you know, our life. And mm-hmm. most of us are not comfortable, you know, with the idea of money and how to make it, how to spend it, and what exactly to do with it. So I think in meditation, first of all, I would recommend you to look at money as a form of energy and to look at money as an abundant source. It's infinite. Uh, That's number one thing. Secondly, you have to be very comfortable with the incoming of money and the outgoing of money. Because the moment we become insecure about uh, you know, receiving money or giving money, the flow blocks. Okay. And the moment you have certain suppression about money, how to spend it, or if I should not, uh, you know, use it, if I should only save it, uh, money is not meant to be, you know, preserved or treasured somewhere in a secret box. You have to spend it in a mindful way, and then it keeps on recycling itself. That's the most important mantra that I have learned about money and Eastern traditions are big on it mm-hmm. that in your meditation you have to give energy of a flowing love to the money and flowing love means you have to rotate it mindfully don't you know treasure it in, in, in some secret box because then it's going to really blow up it's not going to help you it's not going to multiply mm-hmm. and you have to look at money as positive source of energy you if you look at money as something negative something evil uh, then it's you know your whole life is going to be messed up because honestly uh, even right now we are talking Rosie I'm using this phone technology you are using the technology and phone mm-hmm. uh, we, are, we are able to do that only because of money mm-hmm. you have to pay fee to the online sources where you put all these podcasts mm-hmm. money is needed there right mm-hmm. uh, so you have to look at money as a super sacred form of energy and you have to make a conscious effort to rotate it mindfully every day and in meditation what you can really do is basically give your energy of love strength to the money in eastern traditions there's a goddess goddess lakshmi she's the goddess of wealth she's the goddess of a material abundance and people actually meditate on her uh, pretty much every day and on 30th of october is a big day. You know, that's when entire India meditates on the abundance, the wealth, because you know it's meant to be worshipped, it's meant to be meditated, and it's meant to flow like a river, and then it keeps coming back, and it keeps multiplying. Does that answer the question? Yes. <laughs> yes, it yeah. does. Thank you so much. Yes, I, I think so. Um, and I think I agree with everything that you're saying, and and I think it's it's really great, great advice. Thank you. So we will close with one final question for you. Mm-hmm. And I ask this to all my guests. What do you radically love? I radically love uh, connecting with amazing beings like you. <laughs> uh, you know, when I started Break the Norms, I made this commitment to myself that my real job is to connect with, you know, conscious 
rebels, you know, conscious light beings who are willing to change the world, who are willing to, uh, you know, create a revolution within and around them. And whenever I find one, I bow down to them, I surrender my energy to them that, you know, maybe I can contribute something to it. So I truly radically love connecting with beings like you. And I truly mean it. Oh, Chandras, you're the best. Thank you so much. How lucky. We're so Thank lucky. You. you will be seeing Chandras and I just perusing around Los Angeles, just changing everyone's lives. Absolutely. <laughs> Or attempting to anyway. Um, So thank you again. (laughs) Thank you so much for for being on. Uh, I can't wait to do another one and to go to one of your retreats. That's going to be amazing. I'm so excited. Thank you again for everything. Thank you, Rosie. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Hey, everyone. For more information, visit www.radicallyloved.com. You can follow me on Instagram at Rosie Acosta and on Twitter at Rosie Acosta. If you have any questions, email info at radicallyloved.com. Thanks for listening.